Stevens here for another edition of the Herald and Brad Winnie City Filmmakers Podcast. HD, what's going on, man? What's up, B? What's up? What's up, man? We got actors, directors, producers, entertainers. We got everybody in the house. Who do we have today, Brad? Today we have the super talented producer and writer, Bob Titles with us. What's going on? <laughs> good, good. Nice to see you guys. I wish I was a writer. I'm not a writer. Okay, okay. That's what said on the IMDb page. Not that smart, man. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the first question we always ask people, and it's a two-parter, and it's what's your connection to Chicago and what kind of art do you create? Uh, my connection to Chicago is pure love. Pure, like, I mean, I really love the city. Uh, I, I grew up in the suburbs in uh, Mount Prospect, and my mom's family was in Humboldt Park, so I spent a lot of time in the city growing up and then went to Columbia College. And once I got in the city, I knew that was kind of my home. And I have this love affair with the city. I wear it on my sleeve. Nice. People are sick of me talking about it. I talk about it ad nauseum. <laughs> I, I love the people, the places in this city. I just think it's so much rich. It's so rich in character, right? So many people. I pick up the littlest things. You know, I walk around the city a lot. I'm constantly walking around. I just pick up the littlest things. But the city has so much character. Yes. And in all, you know, we, we've been fortunate enough to make around eight films in Chicago throughout nice. the year. Right. And uh, I think the reason some of those films are successful is because of Chicago has a lot to do with it. So, so, uh, well, let's just go all the way back real quick uh, and about how, getting started. Talk about getting started. Where were you and uh, how did you get started? Yeah, what's interesting, right? Uh, at Columbia College, graduated in 90. Okay. You know, before the graduation, George Tilton Jr. and I met and we started a film kind of like company even back in college, right? So we would shoot each other's shorts. Right. Gradually turned into shooting music videos in Chicago. Yeah. And gradually shooting each other's films. And I was really, you know, never really a writer director. And I found my strengths was in producing and George was always kind of a writer director. So I would always produce the projects that he wrote and direct. And the first thing he did was a 30 minute film called Paula. Right. Really well, you know, garnered us a little attention for a 30 minute film. And we used that to raise $150,000 to make our first feature. Nice. For the soul. Right. Yeah, so we shot that in 93 on our $150,000 budget. We were fortunate enough to go to LA at the end of 94, and we sold that film for a million dollars, which was amazing. Right. But it never came out. The film never came out. It was the best taste of medicine that Hollywood could give you, right? You go from this euphoria of selling this movie, you think you did it. Six, seven months trying to finish it, put it together to the studio going out of business and the film never coming out. Right. 
So it gave you that quick taste of, you know, if you want to do this for a living, you better get used to this kind of thing. Right. But we stride. We didn't panic or anything, but it got us in the game. And it got us in the business. And, and at that time, George was writing soul food. Who is that hoochie coochie mama with her big butt all over my husband out there on the dance floor? We were fortunate enough to parlay our earlier connections selling that film into turning that into our first feature after Scenes for the Soul. You know what? I always say it's kind of tripped out that how many times like the blessing is also the curse, you know, like today right. with the cell phone, there's no excuse not to shoot something with a cell phone, but everybody has a cell phone and everybody and their mama is doing a crowdfunding campaign. So do you think right. if you were doing soul food today, you think it would be that much easier or that much more challenging to get it made today and, and point to one? But I think this, the first movie seems yeah. for the soul, like, yeah, I think it would have been easier to shoot. Still okay. got to make a great film. The way I look at it is different, right? I, I look at it back when we were doing it, it was a lot harder to do, right? right. But the competition wasn't as great. <laughs> yeah. Still a lot of competition. Yeah. Today, the competition's through the freaking roof. Right. Because everybody, it's like rock and roll, right? It's like back in the days, you could go record a song. You go do a track in one day. Today, movies are like that. If you really wanted to, you could kind of go shoot something today, right? Right. And back in the days, it was never like that. You couldn't go in one day and say, I'm going to get this equipment. I need this camera. People now own the camera. They don't need the film. They don't need it developing. It's a different world, right? So they have the luxury of doing that. But what does that mean? That means for every, you know, one film you made back then, there's maybe six or seven. Yeah. Made to, so you got you to really stand out. You got to no really... Doubt. You know, when people make a short or people make a film, I always tell them, like, look at the competition's bananas, right? Right. So you got to do something that's going to stand out. Like, you can't do something that's so internal for you. That you, I mean, I'm just being real. You can do right. whatever you want. But if you want to stand <laughs> out and, and get out there in the crowd, like, you got to do something that's really going to make, make an impact. So, so let's just talk about the uh, producing, uh, the differences in uh, different producers, the executive, the producer of this, producer of that. Um, how, how, how does that work? There's no right reason for that. I, gotta, <laughs> I get that question a lot. But I always kind of equate it to a sports team. If you're, you know, the owner is the studio or the money person. The producer's the general manager. And a lot of people never know who the general manager is, which is great. You kind of, yeah. I love being under the radar. I don't want my name in lights. I don't need that. I just want to get the job done, get the paycheck, put the poster on the wall. Right. And I, your head coach is the director. And your quarterback is your star. So as a producer, you know, if I hire Matt Nagy, I'm calling the plays, man, right? If I, hire, <laughs> if I hire Bill Belichick, I ain't telling Bill Belichick what to call, right? I'm, right. Not, I'm not calling, if I had Dungy, when he was on the call, I'm not telling Dungy what to do, but I'm telling Matt Nagy what to do. <laughs> a producer is a lot like that, right? So the, the level of director you hired depends on how involved you're going to be, right? right? It's really, I kind of equated to that. And if your quarterback's a star, I'm not talking 
to the quarterback, right? The door, the, the head coach is talking to the quarterback, just like in movies. You know, I'm not telling, I'm not whispering in the stars here, you got to do this. I might suggest something to the head coach, the director, hey man, maybe we should do it this way, or what do you think of this, or da da da, but I'm not going directly to the quarterback and calling plays. So you're like the general manager, you're, in the, you're definitely in the background. And in TV, executive producers are calling the shots. In movies, it's producer that calls the shots. So it's a different title level when it comes to TV and movies. Now, now, you know yeah. what? We, we've had the pleasure of talking to and working with a number of Columbia College graduates. Like we talked to Carl Seaton, Kenny Young. Carl doesn't stop shooting all the time. <laughs> great. I mean, those guys are great. What, what was your experience like at Columbia College and what makes it such a great film school? I mean, I loved it. It was just the opportunity. And I think it was a diverse student body that made it so great. And people were from all walks of life. And, you know, Growing up in the suburbs, I kind of felt sheltered. Like I knew I wasn't meant to be there in a way, right? Like I knew I was meant to like just get out of there and see other things. And when I went to Columbia, it was just this open, it was great. It was like, like I said, people from all walks of life. But the great thing about Columbia, you didn't, unfortunately and unfortunately, unfortunately I didn't learn the business. I had to learn that on my own, but I learned how to make movies. And that's more important in a lot of ways. You got to start with that, right? I, I learned a business by reading every book in the world. Like back when I was going to school, there was no producing classes. There's no such thing as that. Today, every school offers that stuff, right? And I think in LA, the difference, you go to film school in LA, they teach you the business. I think when you go in the Midwest or outside, they teach you how to make movies. I'm not saying USC doesn't teach you, teach you how to make movies, but I'm just telling you the focus and the emphasis at that time was physically making a movie. And it's for me, that has helped me tremendously throughout the years because I consider myself a creative producer. But I also have to watch the money in that kind of way too. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? I, I believe uh, I, when I, I came to hear you speak over at Columbia uh, just a short few years ago, uh, you talked uh, about being a creative producer. And uh, that was a, a, a memorable time for me. And um, so are you back and forth? Are you here in Chicago working with Cinespace and uh, creating? What, what do you, what, what's going on today? Well, I know the guys at Cinespace well. And they've, they've done such an amazing job, you know what I mean, uh, of putting everything together. You know what I mean? They've done a tremendous job of kind of bringing the industry to Chicago in so many ways. I remember when they were coming up, I'm like, wow. Is this really going to work? Could Chicago handle this big stage? And, you know, when we passed the tax incentive, which I was fortunate enough to be part of in the early 2000s with Senator Obama, Governor Blagojevich, then it went to, it like, they were a big part of, like, launching that. Uh, Ken Duncan, it was a lot of people at that time that were launching the film incentive, and it was amazing, you know, how it just took off. So I kind of I managed my time between Chicago and L.A. inspired truly inspired by chicago and the stories that come out of here you know i think that's awesome uh, to be able to bring work back type of thing you know i, I, I try man. listen i try all the time i do it when it doesn't make sense in the dead of winter, like when it's just stupid but i'll do it anyways you know what i mean like somebody go you could ever have like hey it could be that bad and you know it's gonna suck 
Like, you know, it's just going to be terrible outside. But I would just stop it. I'd do whatever it takes. I love it here. I love the people. I love the crews. You know, I, I have so many good friends from day one, from the early 90s, you know. They're still in it, still doing it, so it's great. With that, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Harold Washington. Nice, nice. You know, it's great you mentioned uh, President Obama. I was looking at your IMDb page, and I see you're executive director for this, I think, a documentary, Punch Nine, for Harold Washington. Tell us a little, a little bit about that project. Yeah, I've been fortunate to work on that with a great group of people out of Chicago. I'm really just an executive producer. The project, well, I came on later on after they started going. But, you know, we hope that that film sees the light of day at, at the end of the day. But it's a great story. It's a great project. It's, uh, you know, Harold Washington's such a great story. And he's such a mystery, too. To this day, he's still such a mystery. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the great thing about Chicago, too. There's so many great stories out there that need to be told, that haven't been told yet. You know, I was fortunate enough to make that movie, Southside With You, yeah. about Barack and Michelle's first date. You know what I mean? And that was a, a joy to do, you know. I love doing anything like that I could do. I love the politics in Chicago, by the way. Obsessed with it, man. Like, just obsessed with it. You know what I mean? I love reading about it. So many characters, so many people. There's so many stories out there that still need to be told. Man, that's great. I always say that, you know, for me, before, like, before there was Obama in Chicago, there was Harold Washington. And I remember right. how uh, being in seventh or eighth grade and they had the caravan driving through the neighborhood, both for Harold, and I couldn't vote, of course. And I remember, like, when they when they had people, they had, they had his body in the hearse driving to the uh, to the gravesite and people running behind the car, Harold, Harold. And it was such a dynamic, it was such a dynamic time. That I think it's great that documentary is coming out for like a new generation who may have no idea, didn't live through that, I think it's great. And yeah, you're right, it's a good thing because they're gonna be floored how charismatic, and you, we even forget ourselves. He was so charismatic, he was so off the cuff. I mean, he was he was a verbal slayer, man. He was just unbelievable, right? He would just speak from his gut, he would tell you how he felt, and he, he, he gathered, he garnished so much attention, and it's so sad, right? He finally gets elected to the second term. They rezone the districts. He's finally going to have a say-so, and he dies of a heart attack mm -hmm. right after the second election. I think that I think he would have gone on for at least you know three, four terms. So, so uh, now I know that you have your hands in a whole bunch of things. What is it that you want to talk about that you got your hands in or that's coming coming around or making its way? You know, there's a there's a bunch of projects and they're all in different phases, right? Different stages that have been announced recently. Like uh, we're trying to do the second book of Angie Thomas. Angie Thomas, who wrote The Hate You Give. Her second book is called On The Come Up which is, you know, the best way to describe it is about a, a young girl. It's like 16 mile. And instead of Eminem, it's a young 16-year-old girl navigating those kind of waters. I think it's a great story. You know, it's something we're doing for Paramount, so we're trying to do that. Working on a bunch of TV shows and different kind of development. But I'm always kind of looking like, you know, for like Chicago stories in the right kind of way. 
I don't want to see the same thing that everybody's done. I don't want to see the same things that I've done in the past either, right? I, I don't want to go to that well. I want to do open myself up to so many different stories and so many different lights. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to, you know, behind the scenes work on a couple political stories that are based out of Chicago. Uh, there's still so so many stories left to tell. You know, we're trying to do that the Frankie Knuckles story. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, but we've been working on that a long time, quite frankly. So we're trying to kind of get that going too. There's so many stories like that in Chicago that lend itself to be told. And I think as a producer, you got to kind of have a niche. You know, like I told people, like when I talk to a lot of young people, I said, it's good to have a niche. Like if you're, if you're like a comedy person, don't write your second script as a drama or a horror movie. You got to bust in the business. So you got to stick what you know i'm not saying you can never go write a comedy or a horror movie but if you're trying to bust in stick to what you stick to your like stick in your zone right if you're that drama person write drama you're hopefully your second script's a drama if you're a horror person write horror movies don't try to veer off so quickly because people when you're trying to bust out people want to see something similar to what you did right it's just the nature if you're it's, it's like you're a hip-hop artist you're not gonna go do a country western album yeah no one's gonna give a shit, right? So it's the, it's the same logic. I'm not, you know, hey, one day you want to go do a country western? You better be established. You better be like really comfortable in your shoes and who you are. So it's the same logic in music. Who would do that? So when I see people do that, I'm like, come on, like, be smarter than that. You know, you know, look at what music. Music artists don't, they don't fear. You know what I mean? You don't veer from the past. You got to think as a filmmaker to bust in. You kind of got to think the same way. Oh la la. Yeah.